Greetings, readers and travelers. Welcome to episode 12 of Stats on Stats here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic of discussion is the Ether Collapse by Ryan DeBruin. Before we get into the discussion and introducing my wonderful guests, got a little housekeeping I just want to knock out real quick. If you're watching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub, and don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications for shows like the Penultimate Game Show, the Cross Media Show, Animation, and Marvel Mondays Initiative. If you're watching on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out. We'd love it if you gave it to us, but if not, no biggie. This week on Pen, right after this episode, give about half an hour to 45 minutes, we have the Venom 2 review with Eric Ginn and Kale. A couple of streams, but that's to be announced, and we have a couple of shows. We're just trying to figure out the fine print on those. But let's go ahead and dive on in to today's topic. With me, as always, my best friend, uh, my gaming buddy. Yeah, I put up with him. He's kind of cool. Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Rich. All right. Oh, is that out? Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get. That's all I get. Okay, cool. Just making sure. And joining us for the first time, special guest and author of our topic today, Ryan DeBruin. Ryan, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited to be here. And we are excited to have you. So today's main uh, topic of discussion is going to be the Ether Collapse series, which is three books. We have Equalize, Excise, and Earth Them. Yeah. 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 Okay. I always mix them up when I talk about them. But (laughs) before we decide we're going to dive into those and talk about it, and Joel and I get to share our thoughts on the series, let's hear a little bit about you. Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I'm actually uh, a former professional athlete who uh, then went back to school to become an electrical engineer. And then just as I was graduating, I published my first book, uh, which is Equalize. And that took off and did fantastic. So as I was working as an engineer, I was also writing book two. And when the time came and uh, Dakota kind of sat me down to have a chat to see if it was time to go full time uh, as a writer or not, I got the lovely, uh, you know, a, like chance to live my dream as an author. So now I'm a full-time author who writes, uh, you know, eight hours a day and tries to make ends meet that way. So a new, new struggle to go against. Wow. Uh, you were a professional athlete. What did you play? I, I might have missed what you said there. I was messing around uh, yeah, with the no, settings. So I, I was a professional athlete. Uh, I did uh, volleyball uh, internationally. I played in Germany in uh, Wuppertal. Uh, and then I uh, switched after a shoulder injury, I had to get shoulder surgery and I tried to go to the Olympics for beach volleyball back here in Canada after that. So uh, a couple different sports. Yeah. I I wish I was good at volleyball, but I, uh, how do I put this? My mom always said I have two left feet. So yeah, I never played sports. I did theater. (laughs) I I love that too. Love drama in school. Oh, Joel and I were theater buddies. There you go. He was a techie though. So we didn't get along great. So, um, but now you're best friends. Oh yeah, we're we're best friends. We wanted to kill each other when we first met. No problem. So, um, when uh, what really um, was your inspiration when you decided to start writing the Ether Collapse? Okay, uh, so the big the big one for me was 
I had been reading in the genre, I kind of got sucked in through Delver's LLC and the land and really was loving it. It was trying to get my hands on anything and everything in the genre. And so this would have been right around 2015, maybe 2016, I started reading in the genre. And there wasn't a lot, right? Um, I don't know how many people were around back then, but you know, there was the Russian authors, there was Alaron Kong's The Land, there was Blaze's Delver's LLC, you know, a couple other great, great books. Um, and I just kept, kept searching. And so I luckily enough uh, came across a book that was being published uh, both on Royal Road and uh, on Amazon. And that was Anthony Terzini's, um, I just said it. Dante's Immortality. Uh, Dante's Thank you, Dante's Immortality, and absolutely loved it. And so I found that, uh, you know, I read it first and listened to it, and it was such good quality. And then when I went to Royal Road, I found that its first draft was was still very good, don't get me wrong, but it was something that I could aspire to do. Uh, so I then started uh, writing on Royal Road, and the rest is history, so to speak. So that was my inspiration to, to start writing. Um, well, it looks like we lost Joel's we lost picture. Joel. Yeah, I was I, I, Joel, are you still here with us? I hope his wife. If his Wi-Fi snapped out, that's no problem. We uh, we can keep rolling through. I'll I'll figure something out. But um, so the Ether Collapse is I've, I think this is like the fourth or fifth lit RPG we're covering on our on the show. Because we, we've done a lot of apocalypse stuff and Joel and I have decided that no more apocalypses for a little bit. <laughs> because there's always so much we can do <laughs> with apocalypse. It's but true. we love we do love uh, this genre because it is very unique um, to have an apocalypse like time frame for a series. Because usually it's the main characters in a fantasy world and then you have to either build up their kingdom or something like that. Where in this in apocalypse ones, they're building their territory or they're just being a, a loner. They're go out going out, making sure people are safe and trying to secure humanity's survival. Or you get a mix of both. And uh, Joel and I, we've read a couple of uh, lit RPGs that are definitely a part of the um, apocalypse series. I, I think we lost Joel. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully his uh, stuff comes back on. I hope so. It's it's all good. It wouldn't be a good. It wouldn't be a show without technical difficulties. Of course, but it's it's definitely unique to see apocalypse stuff within the genre because mostly it's either an isekai type thing where they are transferred into another world or they're trapped in a video game. Absolutely. I think and, one of the, the really unique aspects to, to apocalyptic lit RPGs is the fact that they have real world consequences, so to speak, right? Like right. in a VR, sometimes you can die and come back. Like in, in my in some apocalyptic books, like in mine, for example, that does there's a possibility of that as well in some cases. But I think that's what's really unique is that, you know, you get this really dark view of, of the entire of what would happen in that situation. And it also gives us a chance to kind of explore what would happen if everything was gamified on the Earth and gives us our power fantasy of, oh, all that gaming that we did. Well, and, and Joel and I, we we have like an actual like full out plan of, hey, we're doing this if an apocalypse happens of any kind. And then we are going to bullshit the rest of <laughs> the rest of the way through it, because that's that's just how we operate. 
and we love doing yeah. that. It's uh, definitely just like something we can just sit down and have a good conversation about. But I am going to go ahead and read the summary Amazing. off of Audible for um, Ether Collapse Book One Equalize. <clears throat> Got to clear my throat. Gaia has awakened and the world will never be the same again. Rockland Barkley has had a rough year. On top of everything else, his father has just passed and Rocky has to go it alone on their annual trip. But his plans for drinking alone in the Algonquin, is that is that how you pronounce it? Algonquin. Algonquin, okay. I was like, yeah. Uh, in Algonquin Park are rudely interrupted by a sea of cosmic energy that governs the universe. Ether, the driving force of creation, has returned. Now, a confused Rocky must navigate odd hovering messages to survive. With this awakening of the very planet they reside on, humans are in a desperate fight to survive in an evolving world. If only Gaia hadn't woken up so very, very unhinged. Perfect summary. It's an absolute perfect summary. Um, I, I do not know what's going on with Joel's camera. Joel, is your mic at least working, buddy? Uh, yeah, my mic is working. All right, don't worry about your camera, buddy. You don't need okay. it on. So, uh, Joel, how did you find out about the series? Because obviously I found out about the series from you. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, this was one of my earlier books that I got to listen to. Um... I think it was probably through Luke Daniels' narration and just the, like, recommendations from Audible. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, read the first book and fell in love with it, so. All right. And, I mean, I, I had a, a tad bit of a different history with this book because, obviously, you told me about it. And the first time I sat down to start listening to it, um, I was very, very particular with my I, I want to listen to Nick Podell and nothing else. So going out <laughs> to other audible narrators, it was a bit tough for me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not liking this one, but like, I'm, I'm liking it. Like the story's good, but I just can't get past Luke Daniels. And then I went to another series that he did because you're like, Oh yeah, try this one. I was like, all right, I tried it. And I think that was the red mage by uh, Xander Boyce. Xander Boyce. Yeah. And I fell in love and I went back and I listened to the first book and I was like, okay, this is really good. This is really good. So I've, I've powered through the first two books. Um, and then when we decided to do this episode with uh, our lovely guest, Ryan here, I wanted to go back and re-listen to the series to get to book three because it's been about a year since I listened to the books and my audible decided to mess up. So I only made it through book two, one and two. <laughs> So we'll mainly focus on book one for this episode just so we don't like spoil everything. But like you said in the last episode, this isn't really us doing a review. This is just us sharing our thoughts and talking about what we liked and what we you know didn't like. And I'll say it right now. I love the profanity filter. I need one in my life. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like that didn't get revealed, unfortunately, in the first book. And I should have. And that was one of those things that I realized. After it was perfect. Writing the first book, I always 
thought it would just be funny. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, people will, will find out about it later and they'll laugh. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people that really disliked that because there was no reason given. They just thought he was changing his words to these random <laughs> of epithets. So, um, but I loved it. Yeah. It's, and then the nice part with that is that it kind of, you know, really fits. And I had the whole story and I've, I've kind of told this now a couple times, but the part, it, it was all going to tie back to, uh, you know, basically something biblical. And I was going to change uh, a, the Virgin Mary into the Virgin Ears Mary. And she got the name because she was the one who petitioned the Atlantean Council. <laughs> To, to put this profanity filter in and i was like okay dakota told me not to do that and i was like no problem i, I won't do that that's still awesome <laughs> i love it oh, and i mean man. i i always uh i do love like because there's obviously you know dakota has his ways of getting around swearing and stuff and i i need to watch my mouth i'll admit that i'll be the first one to admit that i i have <laughs> I have very much profanity in my language, and that's that's not okay. And it's got me into trouble multiple times, especially when my mom smacks me upside the head. But that's a different story for a different time. Um, <laughs> Joel, you've met my mom, you know. Yeah. Um. No, I I loved, the, and you know I said we're gonna mainly focus on book uh, one, but book two it just it worked. Because when he found out and he when he finds out that there's a time frame, he has to go without swearing. And now his is up to like a year. And then the ban will be lifted. I was like, are you you, are you kidding me? (laughs) And to quote Dakota Kraut, celestial feces. That's amazing. Oh, and I man. definitely stole a celestial feces from his book for that reason because I love it's, that circuit too. Oh, I, I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. it's perfect. And I've even like I've caught myself like because I used to say like Jesus Christ so much I'd be like Jesus Christ. And I was like crap. I can't say that around my mom. She'll smack the shit out of me. So uh, when I worked at Best Buy, my uh, general manager at that store uh, would always say Judas Priest. He'd just go Judas Priest, dude. And I'm like. I like that. I'm going to steal that. So I, I just started using that. And that's my new go-to. Like if something's going on, I'm just like Judas Priest. And they're like, that's a band. I was like, yeah, it is. And someone <laughs> wants, you know, Judas wasn't a priest, right? I was like, you, you know, yes, I know. that. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Joel, go ahead yeah. and give me your thoughts on equalize equalize only. Okay. Um, definitely like one thing that really stuck out to me was just the premise. I I think the premise of the book definitely made it like your book, like unique, um, just with Gaia coming back to life and her being like, uh, all these humans are like using up my precious resources and like, how dare they? And just, like, you have all this trash around the world, like, that, why? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was a huge thing that stuck out to me that made your book unique and uh, definitely helped uh, get me to fall in love with it. And then, oh, man, love Stella. Uh, I love Azoth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, oh, Joel, I know you wanted to bring it up uh, when we were, you know, yeah. sitting around waiting to go live. I will go ahead and let you bring it up since you brought up <laughs> Azoth. I know exactly where you're going with it. I'm gonna drink my water. Go ahead. 
<laughs> well, then, fine, if you <laughs> insist. <laughs> oh, I insist. Uh, yeah, so one thing that I love is that uh, Azoth, or Luke Daniels, uh, the voice he does for Azoth. So I read this series, like, around the beginning of when I got into Lit RPG, and it's the same voice he uses in God's Eye for the prompt system. And so every time that Remy uh, gets a prompt in God's Eye, I just picture Azoth just, like, (laughs) narrating his, like... Oh, man. Azoth just gets a prompt sheet. He goes, leveled up. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it's just this, like, I don't know, not dumb, like, giant chimera, but, yeah, it's... Okay, hold on. Hold on. Childish. Azoth is not dumb, okay? (laughs) He he is a sweet, he he is a sweet baby. He's a smart animal. (laughs) He's just a big old baby. That's all he is. So, he 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 is. Basically, you can picture any of your dogs, your cats, anything. That's like the big inspiration for Azoth. Is like you know that they're thinking stupid things from time to time. Like, wouldn't make sense to you. But to them, down the hallway right now. I can't hold him up to sponsor this video from Lunar the Gamer Kitten. But yes, he that that cat is just a big old baby, but he is kind of an idiot, and I love him. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love Azoth, too. And so I, I was actually telling you guys before the show, my goal is to get a big Great Dane puppy, a big black Great Dane puppy, and his name will be Azoth, and I will be dressing him in cosplay wherever I can go. Just because are You, you got to take him to Dragon Con. Get him certified as an ESA. Take him to Dragon Con. That's part of the plan, is definitely to do that. I'm, I'm going to get... I, I have Lunar certified as a... Uh, as an ESA, I'm going to get him to go to Dragon Con with me next year, and I'm going to put him in a black dragon suit, so that way nice. he can be all. Oh, oh. I was going to say, I was going to say, Alva, I was like, on your shoulder. Yeah. He, he's yeah. going to, he's going to be all. He's just going to, I'm going to get him in a backpack, and I'll just carry him around. He's, he's going to be scared. He's going to be terrified, and I probably That's shouldn't true. torture my cat, but he tortures me. He bit my <laughs> nose this morning, and I'm mad still. <laughs> <laughs> so, like this. This series, it stuck out to me because this was like the first Apocalypse uh, series that I attempted to listen to. Because like I said, I didn't listen to it all the way through my first time just because Luke Daniels and I, I love Luke Daniels now. But at the start, it took me a little bit to warm up to him just because I wasn't used to it. And I think I think it was either Red Mage or it was after I got through my listen of Divine Dungeon slash up to date with Ritualist. Because he, for Ritualist, he only did Rexus and the fourth book. Joel, what was the fourth book? Um, when I look, three. Rexus is book two, two point five slash three, and then yeah. it's uh, Renegade. Not Regicide. Uh, Not Ruthless. Renegade. No, Ruthless is five. Anyways, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> I got through that and then I got through uh, the rest of Divine Dungeon because I was I Joel and I shared an account for a little bit. Um, I I would log into his stuff and just download because I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to get into this. And that was back in uh, like early 2020, actually, I think is when I first originally started, like late 2019, early 2020. And since then, I now have one hundred and forty eight titles in my library. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I may or may not have spent a lot raised. of money on it Audible. It was Race, by the way. Race, that's what it was. Yeah. So once he did that, and then the last two books for uh, the Divine Dungeon series, that's when I fell in love with Luke Daniels. And then I went back and I listened to the first two books. Or no, it was only the first book because the second book wasn't out yet. Yeah. No, second book was out. Yeah, I listened to both books at the same time. And uh, I fell in love. I was like, this is good. And then <laughs> I wanted to do a re-listen, but I couldn't get my audible to actually want to cooperate with me and i was getting <laughs> mad i wanted to scream but no the series it was it was really good and it was i it was the second apocalypse series i actually got to sit down and listen to because my first one i actually listened to like multiple books and it was uh dave wilmarth's shadow sun series good series which is a really really good series yeah but we're not doing apocalypse stuff for a little bit because good <laughs> God. But no, the series was really good. I did like the mechanics and I really liked uh, Rocky as a character. I couldn't relate to him personally because my parents are still alive um, and I was living right around the corner from them at that point and I wasn't separated from them during an apocalypse. So I can't really relate to that. But emotionally, like I didn't really get that connection with uh rocky either which is not a bad thing it's just something i've i didn't get to experience where in the system apocalypse series i there was a lot of stuff about um john's character that i just i related to and <laughs> i think that's more the emotional turmoil which this series did not really have a lot of and i'm okay with that because i needed a break from the emotional turmoil <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true, right? And uh, I loved, I love John Lee in System of Apocalypse. Like he's one of my favorite characters. Like, very angry, but very, you know, you love and, him even though he's so angry. <laughs> and and that's and that was a discussion that I had with uh, Tao. Was like, I'm an angry person, and when like I can keep my cool to a certain extent, but once I like blow that casket, I I let everything out, and that's where I can could relate to to John a little bit. Amongst the other things, like the stuff he's he's kind of dealt with via relationships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I also like that there's there's like hints of romance in the series, but there's there's not any like romance. Like I just got to like a big step, quote unquote, with the uh, with some romance stuff, but nothing really yeah. too uh, too exciting. But I also don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> so. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it because we're talking about book one. But yeah, <laughs> I I was listening to it like, and I mean, there's hints of it in book one, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then like the something just happened. I was like, oh, I still don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> Which I I like that because like I don't I don't know what to expect when I finally get to listen to book three. And I'm really, really excited for it. And then I'm also really excited to start um, the Ether Rise. That's is it. Ether Rise is that the uh, Ether Flows actually is uh, the, the other series. Ether oh, okay. Flows. Ether Flows. Uh, book one is Tech Doing. Yes. Soon to be a name change to Tech Doing: The Birth of a Void. I like that. I really like that. <laughs> also, I I like the uh, the cover art. They always say don't judge a book by its cover. I'm gonna go ahead and judge it. I don't listen to that rule. It looks like a gladiator setting and like that there's the arena and there's a giant war elephant there. And I'm just like, I'm ready for this. 
it is it is a fun series and so it was interesting to write that one too because it's Azrael who is Rocky's ancestor in the Equalize series and he's kind of like a badass like I mean he takes his name from the the angel of death right so part of that was to write a character who is kind of this you know from a young age been trained to be like almost a killer very political very (laughs) smart and really kind of uncaring and you know, doesn't have any qualms about killing or, or allying himself with whoever he needs to to get farther ahead. Uh, so he's a really interesting character. So I, I love him, and I just actually book two is coming out hopefully very soon. I just got the cover for book two, and it looks really cool. Oh, um, but, see uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if I can even pull it up. Let's see if I can uh, do this real quick. Um, so like I, I want to talk about that really quickly about Azrael because Azrael is. As I told you before this show started, he's like my favorite. Oh, that's gorgeous. That is gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be cool. (laughs) I I need you to message that to me on uh, on Facebook, please. (laughs) So with Azrael, I love one. I love the name because as I told you before the show started, he's my favorite, like Batman side character, like and also like one of the people to possibly take the cow at some point. And I've always just loved the character and also the fact that he's like, you know, the angel of death. So when it was like, oh, disciple of Azrael, I was like, what? Let's go. And I thought at first he was going to be like a roguish character. I was like, yeah, we're going to get that like rogue, like sneaky, stealthy, like I'm going to murder everyone here. And, you know, stealth, stealth in most games, there's optional sections where it's like stealth is optional. Technically, if there's no witnesses, it's still a stealth mission. <laughs> J- just saying. I'm just saying. That's yeah. true. Uh, going back through this series, uh, I totally missed, like... Because one thing you don't really pay attention to is the abilities that the characters don't take. And yeah, uh, just going back through, I was listening, and there was a lot of different, like, blood, like abilities and he totally misses out on that tree but that is like probably one of my favorite classes i guess to say and i was like oh man that that just makes me super hyped for like the future if he goes into like uh or if not i don't know those uh like sanguimancer abilities (laughs) yeah and so in in the series what's interesting and i haven't gotten to this yet so it's not really but you do get you get access to your apprentice tree again when you're a master class and you also so like it's kind of an interesting situation because once you reach certain classes you actually get to put points back into your earlier classes um because each rank up most people will change classes like sometimes you'll you'll stay the same don't get me wrong but for the most part your whole goal in the ether collapse is when you go from apprentice to journeyman you want to get a, a more rare class or a more unique class in Rocky's case, he's got a, a rare class to begin with, but that's the whole goal. And so at master class, they actually do get access to, uh, to, to their apprentice uh, uh, trees. So I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Dude, I am like a huge nerd for just mechanics and just mechanics like that are just, uh, it does it for me. <laughs> and this, this is, I think where like Joel and I can both agree. Like, so Joel and I, Joel, like he just said, was, is very into the mechanics I'm more into like the character development and the emotional turmoil. Like I like the abilities and I like when the main character like becomes like an, just an overpowered BA. <laughs> Haha, I didn't swear there. Damn. I'm good. Um, 
<laughs> um, but like, that's where like I like when series like kind of have that mix. Like this has character development for Rocky, but it also has like the really interesting mechanics side to it. And I do care about the abilities, and I want to learn more about what Rocky can do, especially with the big fight that just happened at the end of book two. I was just like, holy crap, this is terrifying, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I need more. Yeah, he's uh, it's good. Like, and so what's really cool with what I'm trying to do, and so I hope this it, this isn't really a spoiler too much, but um, so I'm trying to point out how a lot of this stuff connects, and like, there's like hints dropped all throughout the book of why Ether has left the the universe for so long, and there's hints, you know, as to why his ancestor was important and what happened to Sela and all this other stuff, and so my goal is to do that on both sides and then the picture slowly fills itself in as, as the series is continued. And so ether flows and Azrael's story actually also contains, um, the story of a pet. Um, so there you go. All right. So what you're saying is people should read ether collapse and also ether flows together. Well, I, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're definitely all going to, like, you don't have to, but it does tie in together, right? Like, so the big picture comes together by reading, well, once I'm finished writing the whole series, that's how the big picture will come together. So let's say a new listener or someone comes in today and starts and says, you know what, I want to go with Ether Flows. Would Ether Flows be an appropriate starting point, or do you think they should start with uh, Equalize Ether Collapse Book 1? Um, it really, I don't think it matters. Like I, I tried my best to write it in such a way that, you know, you could jump in at any point, uh, anywhere as an entry to the series. Um, but that being said, once you, if you read Ether Flows um, and then go into Ether Collapse, you'll have a lot of, you know, big questions in between that will get filled in as the series goes forward. Um but like, especially like when you get to book two of Ether Collapse and you get introduced to um, a pep and sort some of those characters, you'll have a pretty good idea of where they're coming from, and it will be a, an eye opener. Or you can do it the other way and read Ether uh, Collapse one, two, three, and then go to Ether Flows, and you'll still see the same thing. But it's kind of a, I don't know, it's up to you. Like I, when it's all finished, I would say it's probably going to end up being try to read them in order almost like you know going through and doing like a i don't want to use star wars because uh that's know, what i was thinking three. so yeah but the first three a lot of people don't like so i'm like i don't want to like get into Whoa. that but like you, you could watch them that way you know what I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it because i'm the king of hot takes i will admit that because yeah. i i shit on the dark knight constantly like that's my gimmick at this point i just don't like that movie but revenge of the sith is my second favorite star wars movie and I love the prequel trilogy. I love the original trilogy. So you know what? That's fine. You can use Star sure, Wars as I'm an glad. example. This is an open, free, judgment-free uh, <laughs> zone. So, like, we don't judge here. It's fine. It's it's fine. Awesome. I was only worried. I was like, uh, if somebody's going to jump down my throat on that one, I, I can't really defend it too well. I just like that. No, I, I, Anything that expands the story. <laughs> I, I'm the king of hot takes. I will, I will be the first to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. So that's um, actually a lot of where that inspiration came from is some of that sort of stuff, right? Because you get to learn, you know, Anakin Skywalker's story, who becomes Darth Vader. That's a little bit of what Azrael sort of in, is intended to be in the long run. When, along those lines, not quite as dark. Like in the in the first book, like we get a um, we get a hint from Cell. Is that 
Am I remember her? It's Selby. Yeah, so she um, she talks about how Azrael like, and she's like, "Oh, is he a disciple of, or a descendant of Azrael? I didn't know Azrael had any uh, descendants. Like he was per- supposed to be just the loan." I love that, and I kind of got like a little glimpse of um, like it felt kind of like Octavius for uh, War Eternus, Lee's father. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is wild." <laughs> so that's the whole goal is like i I, a lot of my writing is like that it's uh very small tidbits so like if part of that is like i love the idea and i love this when i read books it's like if you reread a book and you're now farther in the series you'll catch this tidbit that you didn't catch before and you're like oh my god that person was hinting at this (laughs) way back in book one and that's like my favorite thing joel joel and i've done that multiple times with like a couple of the series we've uh we've listened to and that's that's another thing. Like, I like listening to something and then going back and re-listening to it because I feel like I catch more and stuff like I'm, I'm on my probably like my sixth re-listen of the land. And I'm still catching stuff I never caught. <laughs> it's wild. It is so good. And that's a great series, too. And you're right. I, I've done that with the land as well. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And like the weird part, though, for me with the land is that the more I listen to it, the more I realize how many quests I want richter to like tackle in the oh, next yeah. book oh yeah and I'm like, get I, I still want him to go back to the cave to go get that chest and swim across the lightning water okay like i'm yeah, still waiting exactly. for that the and i that he's sealed back up like i'm like oh, what the hell? and um my uh i got so one of my coworkers. i mean he's kind of a coworker. he's a vendor for pepsi he was like talking to me about book series and stuff. And like, we were talking about the Harry Potter open world game and how we're excited for that. I was like, dude, do you like Harry Potter? He's like, yeah, I love it. I was like, do you listen to audiobooks? He's like, yeah, I have all the Harry Potter books. I was like, all right, cool. Look up the series. And I told him to look up the land. And now he's texting me updates as he's going through the series. He's on book four right now. He got to the, uh, he got to the one part. Oh, Joel says that's my uh, superpower is telling people to uh, read the land. (laughs) Cause I convert way too many people. But he, when he told me that he was starting book three, um, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, have fun. It's got one of my favorite, like, um, I don't like this moment. And he goes, yeah, OK, still going to read. I was like, yeah, I reread. Through it. I've read through it six times. And he goes, holy shit, you weren't kidding. I was like, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> See, I didn't have the graciousness of knowing that was coming because Joel was like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything. You're going to experience that. I still have nightmares. Exactly. It's like the heart clenching. I was like, oh, God. Like, I I felt every cut. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about. And Uh I do remember being like, oh. (laughs) The only thing Joel told me was when we when I started the series, that is when Alaron gets medically dark, he gets medically dark. <laughs> he wasn't joking. He he was not joking. I can't wait for him yeah, to get to book well, seven. <laughs> yeah, that, so, that's monsters, right? And then book eight is no uh, predators. Three. Book eight is monsters, and the book oh, nine is coming out soon. We're excited for it. Uh, we don't have a release date yet, but it's. Uh, I think the title is Mayhem, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I think the tentative release date is in December sometime. Yeah, so I've been here at the rumor mill. <laughs> which you know what hour on take as much time as you need we're, we're here for it i got i got a backlog i need to get through 
<laughs> so, Ryan, a little thing Joel and I like to do on here, and I'm really bad about doing this sometimes, sometimes I just forget. You are transported into a fantasy world of your choice, either sci-fi or, you know, medieval. Where would you go? If I was to be able to choose a world, eh? So lately I've been reading tales of demons and gods. It's a manga, manhwa, you know, um, story. And I absolutely love it. I, I think I'd probably go to a cultivation world of some sort. Okay. Just because I, I, I've kind of, you know, I like the idea of bettering kind of yourself through, you know, how your internal workings work and how you can add energy to yourself. And actually, you may see this in Ether Collapse uh, and all my other books. I have some cultivation aspects in there because I feel like that is what, how all this stuff would have to work is that your body would have to be transformed into something else. Uh, so I think I would go to a cultivation world, which one, ooh, see, and that's the thing, like a lot of the cultivation worlds you read have this like, you know, ancestor, you know, ver you know, and then you have like disciples and they have no, you know, they're basically you know, put under unless you're like a star. So I would like to go to somewhere where, you know, it's like an open world concept. Uh, I'm trying to think if there is one, like kind of like more like Andrew Rowe's uh, Arcane Ascension world, where it's like, there's a school that's teaching everyone. Exactly. And right like, there. you're kind of able to do all these things. And I would like that sort of world, but with a cultivation <laughs> base. Because then it's like, you know, where you're in a school and you're learning and there's not exactly like, oh, well, the resources only go to the, the rich and powerful, which is what a lot of cultivation novels do. So, so it's weird. It's it's not weird, but it's funny that you say cultivation because you're actually the first person to give us a cultivation answer. Like you went into it, you're like, oh yeah, cultivation. I was like, oh, nice. So yeah. no, I've just loved them lately. So, um, well, what kind of yes. core would you want? Would you like to be more like a beast tamer, or do you think you'd be more like a shield, or like more of a like healer type character? Because um, the oh, last guest we asked was yeah, Tao, like and Tao said he would be. Um, like a healer, and I, I don't think I could ever do a healer. Like I like playing healing roles in games, but in real life, where it's a life or death situation, I do not think I can make that decision. Yeah, imagine being responsible if somebody died. Like you just like that would that would crush me. Like don't get me wrong. Like I get. Oh, I'm not that. putting Joel in charge. A different world. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Soon, can I learn a resurrection spell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Rebirth. Yeah. Um, I think I'd do a monster tamer. Like I'd always because like the thing is is like. I would want to be a solo player if I was in any of those worlds. Like that would be, cause then you're responsible for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I'd want to be like a summoner or a beast tamer or a warlock or something like that in, in those sort of situations. Um, I don't know if you've read solo leveling. Um, Actually, I have the uh, first like, two, I have the first two books back there. Plus the, uh, the manga story. for it. It's, okay, it's yeah, very so good. Like, I love, I love it. And so like in that sort of situation, I would love to be able to summon things that I could fight with and go out and adventure and whatnot on my own just because I think that that, you know, then you're open to do whatever you want in that world. That like, so you get to explore that entire world as opposed to, Oh, I got to find people, you know, and go out in groups and I've got to rely on all this other stuff. It's like, no, I can do everything on my own. So that's why I'd want to, but <laughs> whether it would work or not is a whole other question. <laughs> See, I've, I've always, uh, I've always said I would be like a paladin type character. Cause I, I don't mind being the tank. Uh, but I also like I want to I feel like I have the leadership to possibly like, you know, lead a team. Um, but if you put Joel and I on a party together, we, we would have foolproof plans like we, him and I are like experts at just putting raids and ideas together. But 
I'm picturing and, you guys yelling at each other every so often too, but that's, you know, that's Oh no, that's that's how, that's just how we would communicate. Like we would just be talking yeah. shit. Like we wouldn't even be getting mad. Because like No, when, I didn't mean it as mad. I just oh, no. like <laughs> Oh yeah, we we would just be yelling back and forth like trying to <laughs> We'd be co-leaders at that point. Yeah. But like if I was by myself, I feel like I'd have more like a druid aspect to me or like a summoner because just summoners are more like I look at the survivability, but I also have to look at like what's frowned upon in other societies. Like I couldn't be like a necromancer because they'd be like, hey, you raised the dead. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. You probably don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I also don't even know what kind of like attunement I would have. Like if I would be like, you know, just straight neutral or if I'd be like chaotic good or, you know, lawful chaotic or lawful evil, you know. I, I yeah, feel like the I, yeah. I, the alignments like that's one thing I like about D&D that I, we haven't really seen much in lit RPG and I'm looking for one where the alignments definitely take an aspect into it. I feel like that'd be cool. Is that just me? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot actually like I mean I know that Nathan and May did Black Dawn and that's kind of based Oh yes, on, that like, did have an alignment system. series which Yeah, it had an alignment I think if I'm remembering it right. Which shout out to that um, to Nathan. He, I know I, it's a lot more like tabletop. Uh, yeah, there's like aspect. actual checks, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I really enjoyed that series. Well, I think book two comes out soon. Actually, sorry, only book one yet. So um, let's we're we're gonna go ahead and dive back in because uh, we don't have a lot of time left because I have to get ready for the other show uh, soon. But. Uh, Never mind. We are putting that on. We're putting that on hold. The other show? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're diving back in. I wasn't sure which. <laughs> no, we're we're diving back in. I just had to reply to this. Um, just want to. So. Who would you say your favorite character that you've written has been? Um. So. I mean, everybody, every character holds a special place. I would say Rocky is is some of the most self-insert character because I didn't understand, you know, like it was my first book, so I didn't fully understand all the nitty-gritty that I understand now. So with Rocky, he was one of my favorites because any decision that was getting made, I got to kind of put myself into his shoes and be like, well, how would I respond in this situation? So that was a lot of fun. Um, but that being said, now that I'm, you know, putting a lot more work into tracking my characters and character development and understanding uh, archetypes and character, you know, like uh, anagrams and stuff like that. Um, my newest series that I wrote, I'm also really enjoying, which is Jeff um, and it's Star Tower. And he is a lot of fun to write as well uh, for very different reasons. And that's because it's completely different from how I act. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's a lot of fun to write because it's like I get to like be like, well, let me put myself into his shoes, but then also use a different part of my brain. Um, and then, of course, Azoth. Like, I think Azoth is by far my favorite to come back to always because he's so much fun and he's just so enjoyable. And you can just picture, you know, I just picture all my pets that I've had over my life and I get to write kind of thoughts for them. So that like he's definitely my overall favorite. But then when you're talking main characters, they all have a special place in my heart where I'm like, oh, this is fun for this. And this was fun. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I like listening to the books and everything. I just I always try to picture the front cover. The front cover on um, Equalize, is that Azoth or is that Azoth's mother? Mother. That's Azoth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Azoth's mom is the Manticore. 
Uh, so female manticores have the quill tail, um, the uh, not quill, um, the like spiky yeah. hedgehog type tail, if you will. And the males in my series have the scorpion tail. So. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because yeah. I I never really like put that together. And I was like, I was afraid to ask. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, oh, do I ask? <laughs> like, does did he cover that? And I just didn't pay attention because no, I, no, I, 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 I find myself... <laughs> Um, I find myself like tuning out sometimes and like when I listen to my book or to the books and everything and I'm going through my backlog, I'm usually at work or if I'm like grinding out some experience in an MMO or just any game, I just put the book on and I listen and I'm pretty sure my roommate hates me for it because I hook it up to my Bluetooth speaker that's back there on my shelf and I just start playing. I have a blast with it. (laughs) So. And, yeah, like, no, and I never covered that scene. Like the scene on the front of Equalize mm-hmm. doesn't truly happen. Like it's not like in in my my story. Okay. Whereas like most of my other covers were a scene from my books. Like um, book two, I, know, I, I I experienced the uh, the scene, which I, exactly. I really liked because I actually like when I looked at the cover of book two, I thought they were in Atlantis. I was like, oh, uh, that would be really cool. Like, oh, we're actually going to Atlantis. Like, we're gonna find the lost. Si- oh no, dang, D- dang. I'm just getting to that now. which um i i follow you on facebook and um i saw that on your mentioned atlanta we haven't mentioned atlantis yet until i just brought it up so but you did say book four's uh prologue is up on your patreon correct uh more than my prologue now yeah so like it's up to chapter six or seven yeah, six or seven now. I'm written up to chapter 23 of the first draft, um, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that kind of two weeks from now, first draft will be done, and then it's on to uh, rewrites, which is sometimes fun, sometimes tough. <laughs> All right. So um, earlier I asked, uh, you, or well, you brought up Royal Road, and I want to, like, what's you, what was your experience when working with uh, Royal Road? Because I know a lot of, Lit RPG and game lit authors start out on Royal Road, at least while they're developing their book, and then they move it over to Amazon. But like once they get it onto Kindle or Kindle Unlimited, they have to take it off Royal Road. Is that how does that work? Yeah. Uh, so for me, Royal Road, I did start there. Uh, I started writing just chapter by chapter as I was going. So in some ways, I got very lucky with Royal Road because. From my understanding, I don't know if that's changed since I was on Ring Road, but you should have a lot of content to dump right at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, like, you almost want to dump 10 chapters and then people can read and really get attached to your series right away. I was just, as I wrote a chapter, I would publish it. Luckily, I was writing about a chapter a day. Uh, so, I kind of picked a pretty good following on Royal Road. Um, you know, both great fans and people that were, you know, very much hating the story and just want to tell me about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the trolls. So, but, yeah. were, but were they and at I, least I, honest about it? Like, were Or did you feel like they were honest with their complaints? And I think, yeah, and that's what the nice part is like Royal Roads to me acts almost like beta readers or alpha readers, whatever you want to call it. And they'll get, some people will give you their honest opinion. And that honest opinion is actually, if you can kind of dive through the you know, maliciousness that some of them are intending, you can sort of see some kernels of truth in those. And so that was a really cool experience with Royal Road was to be able to take some of those and and then put them into the second draft of the book. Um, That being said, there was definitely some people that were just trying to be hateful. You know what I mean? And so that's the one thing I would say. And when you, whenever anybody asks me about Royal Road, I say, you have to be able to take 
some of uh, the abuse that you'll get there. Um, not, you know, and that's not bashing Royal Road in any way because that's the same on Amazon. Like, right. you get people that are just going to one star at the day it comes out. I don't even know. Like, I had one person, I think, one star a book and just be like, all these other reviews didn't even have time to read the book, so how could it be a five-star book? And that was the, the whole review. He didn't even read the book. And I was like, uh, because I, I give out advanced copies to some people. So, oh, okay, my, my bad then. Yeah, so... It, you I, get I, people like that, right? And, like, I, I've seen, like, authors watch a book and then, like, just people go and straight immediately start trashing it. And I need to be better about writing reviews because I don't tend to write reviews. Because <laughs> I'm not I, – I feel like I wouldn't be good at, like, actually expressing it to where people would actually read it and be like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good review. I, I feel like I'm better about expressing my thoughts talking because I, I do stutter a lot, but I do like to, you know, dive into my thought process of, hey – you know, I really like this scene. I really like this scene. The character development and the mechanics were really, really good. This I didn't like, but still, everything else was fantastic. And I have a couple of reviews I've typed up, and I just I'm afraid to publish them because I'm I'm self conscious about it. So I yeah, I I don't know. Like, and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to read this before I send it out? And they're like, yeah. And then I never hear back. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I think, I think it's always good. Cause like, there's going to be at least a couple other people out there that think the exact same way as you. Um, and you know, like you got to think like how many people are leaving reviews and it's just great book. Can't wait for the next one. Right. So like I, as an author, I'm not, I've been told multiple times never to read reviews. And I always do because I am looking for those kernels of truth. You know what I mean? I'm looking for those people that actually give an honest review and if they hate it, and they give an honest review as to why they hate it. That's actually sometimes more valuable than a, a review that says, oh, you know, great book. Can't wait for the next one. Not that that's a bad review. That's a great review as well. But if somebody gives me a bad review and they just say, hate this book, I can't get anything from that. Right. Yeah. So I love I love when there's like some actual truth in a bad review or in a good review. I love when there's some truth in there that tells me what I do really well, because then it's like, OK, I know I do that well. Let's work on x y or z right so i love it. It, it but i think that took a while it took me a while to get my ego on a chain um and kind of be able to control it because at first you just want to yell at any bad review and be like did you even read the book did you even like you don't even understand like i put you know and it's like you gotta you kind of gotta back off from them sometimes because you're gonna get bad reviews you're gonna get good reviews and you just gotta find your you know your perfect uh way to look at it and frame that review, I think is the way to say it. And so that way you're looking on the bright side or the silver lining of that review. Well, um, so we just got put on to podcast apps, uh, all of our recent episodes, uh, last episode being the uh, feedback loop with Harmon Cooper. And we're actually on audible. I was not expecting to do that. Cause I was, I had a credit to spend and I was diving through and Ruben had texted me. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, your guys are up on uh, podcast apps. Like, the submission went through this time, and you guys are through. So I just looked up Lit RPG in the search bar on Audible, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to dive through. And Stats on Stats was on page 10. So I was happy about that. I was I was thrilled, and I like I was like a kid in the candy store. I was like, oh, my God, we actually did this. And overall, we've gotten one review. And it was from someone named Derek. And I posted about this on Twitter, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Derek. And his review said, really interesting to hear from Tao Wong. Just started listening today, and I can't wait to hear more of these guys. Keep up the good work. Five stars across performance story and overall. And, like, that just that made my heart, like, warm. Because, like, 
I, I've talked about it in the past. Like I deal with some, some mental health issues and like some days I just feel really, really down and like nothing can pick me up. That right there almost had me in tears. I was crying. I was like, I was excited. I was like, Oh my God, someone actually like listened and, you know, says, yo, these guys are great. And Joel, you had an interaction with a fan at dragon con, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to meet a, a listener of our podcast, so that was cool. So, like, that's that's it, another thing I like doing about this is, like, we get to interact with authors that we we really like. And, like, there's some authors that reach out to us that are like, yeah, we'd love to be on the show. And I'm like, all right, well, let me listen to your stuff or re- read some of your stuff before I, you know, make or bring you on. Because I don't want to be like, yeah, I didn't like your book. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to do, like, anything negative. Uh on the podcast, we want to talk about series like we really liked and stuff like that, which uh, so far of all the authors that have reached out to us, uh, there's only one I haven't heard of. And I read one of his books and I loved it. So we're just setting updates now at this point, And I'm, I'm excited, but yeah, this is, this is really cool. And like just hearing like other people's like interaction with how they do, you know, the reviews and stuff like that. Cause I, I don't know if I would be able to handle like some of the negative reviews and I'm like, I'm scared to read reviews sometimes, but also like looking at how some people treat other authors like in the review sections and like just try to troll and everything. It's like, you realize this is like their income, right? This is like, this is how they make their money. (laughs) And if you leave a one-star review, that might be the first one people see. It's hundred percent true. And like that, I don't know. I think it's great though. Um, that, you know, our, our fans in Lit RPG are traditionally some of the nicest fans um, and readers that, that I've ever encountered. Like, I, you know, there's very few times that I've gotten a one star that I think is actually malicious just to hurt me. Um, even the one that I talked about just a moment ago wasn't probably to hurt me in any way. It was just him actually questioning and thinking that I was somehow cheating the system of Amazon. And I get it. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. well, this can't be that good. Like, you can't have it yet. It's like, okay, fair enough. No worries. But simultaneously, I was irate with the fact that I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's really weird because, like, you'd honestly, like, with the, like, community of gamers who are, like, going to be listening to this, you'd expect, like, some sort of, like, toxicity just because like you get that when you're gaming sometimes and surprisingly not apparently uh gamers that actually read are pretty nice <laughs> and that is definitely so. one thing i like about the what rpg and game community because i've been a part of a couple of communities where they have like a really really big fan base um and like they're like I ran into a lot of toxicity in those communities, but in lit RPG, I don't see that like at all. Like I, I do see some people that are like, Oh yeah, we didn't like this author and we don't like this author. And they just like, they have their personal issues with uh, certain authors. And I've ran into a couple situations where I was like, yeah, the author probably should have taken a different approach to that, but we're not going to name any names or anything like that. <clears throat> that's but, kind of it. I, I like what you guys are saying with the whole keeping positive. Cause yeah. that's like, I think that's really important because like, why, why would you create a, a, like a podcast with, with a negative review? Right. Um, it, you know, share what you love about it. Don't share what, you know, you, you hate about it. Don't get me wrong. Go ahead and make your review, do whatever. But if you're going to spend an hour with, with, you know, reviewing a book, don't, you know, 
and that's just i love that you guys are doing that so thank and you. this is like this <laughs> yeah, is something if, joel and i've played played around with our thoughts were like hey should we should we start this like should we start it up and we finally just pulled the trigger and we we're like hey we want to do this and i'm just happy it's <laughs> like it's like we were talking about it the other day like we're not doing this for like the views or anything. We're just doing this to share our love. That's, that's all we care about. We, we want to share our love of the book series. We really care about just two guys having fun talking about lit RPGs. And, uh, yeah, if you're on the show, it's most likely that we've like really liked your book (laughs) or performance (laughs) because we've, we, we have, yeah, we had Neil Hellers on. And Travis yeah, is and Travis. next week, or not next week, but two weeks from today. And I'm I'm really excited for that one. I, I'm going to go on my Travis, Travis kick. I'm going on my Travis Make kick. Sure. Also, give him a give him a shout out. He is in incredible shape, and that's a recent thing for him. He uh, recently got on a real big health kick, and he just looks fantastic. So, dude, jo- Joel was describing him to me the other day. He's like, he's just he he's gorgeous. I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, if, if, if you can get him to tell the story. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Joel. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, meeting him, I, like, expected him to be a lot older just from, like, listening to, like, his narrations because he does, like, Artorian and, like, uh, Digby in... Uh, uh, Ravenous. Uh, yes, yes. And, yeah, no, I was like, wait, you're Travis Baldry? Like, <laughs> really? Uh, really? <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really excited to have him on, and I, uh, I want to be surprised with uh, how he looks because, like, I, like Neil Helligers, I didn't know how he he was gonna look. Uh, Tao, I didn't know how he was gonna look. Um, same with well, SL Roland, I've seen like pictures of because I'm a part of his groups on Facebook, and I, I've interacted with him a couple times. So like his his appearance, it didn't throw me off. Like, but I, I go in blind. Like, there's a picture of um, Travis on the LitCon. Uh, like promo Ooh, yeah, thing, yeah. and I I yeah. refusing to look at. It. I saw his name and I was like, nope, can't look at it. I want to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he he was at the MDP summit with us, um, and uh, that was my first time really getting to interact with him on a one on one kind of uh, basis. And his story for why he decided to get into shape. Like I woke up at six a.m. I was I was just started kind of getting back myself into shape. And he kind of told me his story and it was really cool. Like he kind of showed me a picture. He's like, I saw this picture of myself and that's when I knew I needed to, to do something. And he's done such a fantastic job. So he's kind of an inspiration to me. Keep going. I'm in the gym now three times a week. I'm just working. Trying to Damn it. Now you guys are going to motivate me to go to the gym. Cause I, 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 I play with chips for a living and people are like, Oh, that's not heavy. I, the chips get heavy, especially the dip. Oh, Fuck those cases. Oh yeah. That's right. Like <laughs> you do the hell of a good dip. The, is that the the really good one that I love? Like it's like a red container. I love a good dip. Uh, no, that, I think that's on the border. It's I think that's Snyder's. Mine's mainly just Tostitos oh, okay? and stuff because you know the the lays. Um, <laughs> not talking bad about you, Frito Lay. Please don't fire me. Um, <laughs> so right. we've we've gotten to talk about a little bit of a spoiler. You know, for next week we're we're gonna have Travis Beltry on. Very excited for that. Or not next week, next episode. <laughs> Damn it, Joel. We we t- pitched the idea of wanting to go weekly now, and now I'm saying next week. Damn it. Um, so we'll go ahead and we'll start uh, wrapping up the uh, the show. We'll do share our final thoughts, and we'll get like final comments from you, and then we'll do plugs and stuff like that. So, Joel, do you want to kick yeah. us off with final thoughts for Ether Collapse? I mean, yeah. If you haven't 
like tuned in and this is just now what you're tuning into which happens i guess uh yeah. it's an amazing book and the premise is great and the character is great and it's just great <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, so i'll go ahead and share my final thoughts real quick before we kick it over to ryan but don't be like me do not sleep on the series i say that for a lot of uh, series and like even in the lit rpg community you'll see me underneath that post and be like hey don't sleep on this series don't it's really good. I am. Um, I'm kicking myself for how long it actually took me to dive in and actually like envelop everything that's happened. And I mean, I I'm doing my second listen through of the first two books and they're it's just good. It's really good. So please do not sleep on the series. Go enjoy it. It's got a little bit of everything for everyone. So I think this is probably going to be one of my most recommended books. And Ryan, we'll kick it over to you. What, do you, what are your final thoughts for uh, our show before we do <laughs> plugs? And actually, we got to do, Joel, what have we been reading after this? Yeah. Amazing. Well, I, I honestly, I, as I said, thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show. And thank you for, so much for doing this. Because, like, just the premise alone of keeping it positive, you know, keeping that, that falls in line so well with, with just kind of my mindset on a lot of stuff. I have worked, and I know you guys have brought this up, uh, a couple of shows where, you know, you struggle with mental issues and stuff like that. And that's something that I struggled for with a lot of my life. And I like one of the big things that I've been working on is uh, something called finish line thinking, which is, you know, trying to look at everything and see the positive in it, no matter what the situation. And so uh, this show uh, was a blast for me to listen to. Once I found out about it, I listened to all 12, uh, well, 11 episodes uh, and I'm on the 12th. So <laughs> that is amazing. And I really appreciate everything you guys are doing and just wanting to keep it up. All right. Wow. Okay. Oh, wait, uh, I'm no, not. I'm wait, not getting before emotional. Before we go into <laughs> what what we've been reading, because I literally just thought of this. Um, whenever you, uh, Rocky, he mentions at like the beginning of his book that he struggles with the competitive attitude and like not being super competitive in like normal everyday society and like. Joel, I swear well, if you point this at me. No, I, no, okay. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. That was interesting to me. That's that's actually been my big struggle uh, in life is that, uh, especially as a kid, I was competitive in everything. Uh, like, you know, I, I wanted to beat everybody at anything that I thought, you know, my ego was attached to. So I you know, needed to run faster. I needed to be smarter but I didn't need to get the good grades somehow to do that you know there was like a, it was a big conundrum but don't get me wrong I always needed to to be competing with somebody on, on something and uh, it's it's really strange because then you get to a high level of sport or you know you even see what's going on uh, nowadays and um, it's called the deviant stance uh, for anybody interested yeah, and it's yeah and it's really cool and it's this whole idea that society doesn't specifically want to see you know the um the apple trees and these these big ego driven athletes basically bashing each other as much in present day society they want almost this gentleman like you know appearance but then they want you to go at each other as if you're trying to kill each other when you're out there playing um and even though when you're playing anything that like is a flagrant foul or anything like that it's like oh big no no don't do that you're going to be hated and so that was something that i really struggled with because i was a trash talker i was 
you know, I just wanted to get in everybody's head and really uh, mess with them mentally and like beat them that way, beat them physically, beat them any way I could. And uh, so, yeah, that was a big part of my story and learning how to control that and Rocky's kind of inner struggle that he has with that uh, is pulled from. From, from my experiences for sure yeah. that was just something <laughs> interesting i learned from your book so uh, thank you it's always fun to jo- learn new things hey joel yeah uh, i'm having ptsd back to our smite days when we would talk shit <laughs> uh, talk about toxic community oh uh, you want to talk toxic <laughs> let's talk smite or overwatch good god we were bad at that oh man uh, uh so rich what have you been listening to um, so I'm going to go through my list because, you know, I'm, I feel bad because I didn't make it all the way through what I wanted to. But like I said, Audible was giving me issues. Um, so what have I been listening to? I powered through Killing Them Awfully, which is book 11 in The Good Guys, you know, by Eric Uglin, narrated by the amazing Neil Helligers. Shout out to them. I listened to uh, the publisher pack of the beginning after the end book one by Turtle Me narrated by Travis Baldry because I'm getting back into Travis Baldry or like, I'm just going to go on that kick. I'm just saying that now. Um, I listened to the ripple system book one because you pushed me to listen to it. And that was, that was really damn good. That was really good. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm trying to think what else I've, I've listened to since our last episode, other than, you know, equalize and excise. I, I want to say that's it. I didn't power through as much as I wanted to because I was dealing with the audible struggle. But no, other than that, that's that's really all I've been listening to. Um, I was going to pick up book three in the Weapons and Wielder series, but that got delayed, I think, because I thought it was originally supposed to come out this month, but now it's not coming out till next month. So Nick Podell, give me the book, please. I need it. <laughs> I need it now. Uh, Joel, what about you? What have you been listening to, bud? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that I listened to book two in the Ripple system. Uh, no, no, you started it, uh, that Monday after. Okay. So that's where I started. You're in one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shadeslinger. Baron. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I listened to that and then I listened to Corporate Warfare, which was book three in the, uh. Jack all traits. Yeah. 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 That's a good series. Reborn Apocalypse book three just came out. I finished that, and then Awakening just came out. It was uh, first of its series, which... Who, who wrote that one? Uh, oh, no, I know which one you're talking Libby about. Yeah, Warner? Yeah. That's supposed and, to be really good. Yeah, no, it, it's really good. Uh, the character is like a magical engineer, is their class, Ooh. and it's basically like a scientist like point of view of discovering magic and yeah it for like a mechanic like nut (laughs) of like loving like mechanics in lit rpg like yeah it it did it for me okay uh also age of stone uh oh that's the uh jez coyo coyo yeah yeah how is it pronounced i just (laughs) i just forgot it Caggio, thank you. Yeah, Caggio. Yeah. yeah, he does the uh, Underverse series, which if you haven't read Underverse, definitely check that one out. That's a really good one. Uh, but you know what? Yeah. We've, we've then, never really asked the... Oh, Joel, you're still going. My bad. Yeah, still going. Sorry. I forget you powered uh, through books faster than I do. No, I'm just... I didn't have the Audible mess up. Uh, 
that too. The uh, book six in Respawn, The Last Crossing, Ooh. Uh, comes out the 12th, which I am super excited for. And then also uh, Manufacturing Magic, book two, comes out the 12th as well. So I will be reading those. All right. And you know what? We've never really asked our guests before, but Ryan, other than, you know, your stuff, what have you been, what have you been reading? What have you been listening to? So my last ones uh, are definitely, I'm in the middle of doing Reborn Apocalypse Volume 3 uh, because that got re-released recently. So I've been waiting for that uh, for a bit. So I can't wait to get to that one. I'm kind of maybe 30 minutes in. Uh, Black Sands Baron, which was the second in the Ripple system that you guys were actually just talking about. Um, the Gates of the Feral God, which is Dungeon Crawler, Crawler Carl. Um, <laughs> we will, and, I was a part uh, of the uh, release Dungeon Crawler Carl movement on Twitter. I want to talk about that for a second. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I was a part of that where we were tagging Audible and AEX.com uh, on there. It was an amazing feat. That it it was an amazing <laughs> feat thing. We were, everyone was posting feet pics and stuff. I grabbed my cat, I took a picture of his paw and posted it. it hashtag released under color Carl. And someone made a good. Princess Donut fan account, and I love this. They made a fan account and they <laughs> commented on the post. They're like, ooh, that's hot. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, oh, man. Sorry, David, to cut you off, but I'll let you go. <laughs> On, I love that community. Uh, God, th this is why I love this community so much, because, I mean, yeah. Joel, did we actually get to break Audible with God, God Eye, or God's Eye and uh, Book 9, or Book 8 of The Land? I thought we did, didn't we? It was down for at least 30 minutes for one of them, because I even put hashtag break Audible. No, yeah, book seven, it was definitely down because they even told Aleron okay. to, um, like, tell your fans, calm down. We're getting it working and everything. <laughs> but I know for book eight's release, I I went into the group and I was like, hashtag break audible 2021, 2020. Like, you know, can we? <laughs> and yeah. then when God's Eye dropped, I was like, hashtag break audible 2021. Like, can we please? <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that's just our goal at this point. Like, it's just a break audible on any big release. Yeah, I think Cradle is going to be the next one because, like, Cradle 9, I think they're up to. I thought it was uh, Book 10. Is, it, they might be Book 10, but I know that they, they were number one overall in the ebook version. I, I'm sad it got taken off of uh, the Audible Plus catalog because I was in the middle of listening to that and then they're no longer there. But his other series is on there which also it's narrated by Travis Baldry. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dive in. I, I don't know if I need to listen to all of Cradle, but it's a, it's a good series. So shout out to Cultivation Series for Cradle. That's Will White, right? Yeah, and he's got, he's got really fun uh, bloopers at the end that actually Will White writes for Travis to read, according to what I just learned at Dragon Con. And it was, it was a lot of fun to learn. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Huh. This this has been a really, really fun episode and I don't want it to end because like I'm just I've had a blast doing this and like this is something I look forward to every two weeks. Like it doesn't seem like I got my shit together when we start the episode. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. But I just I go with it and we try to go with the flow and we get off topic. But like we said, when we first started this, like this isn't like, like we kind of started it like as a review, like, oh, you know, these are our thoughts. But like, no, this is just two guys and a, a guest sometimes which we we're trying to have a guest on every episode now instead of it just being joel and i we just like to talk about books and like we just like to nerd out and have a good time because that's the whole premise of the show like we're not a lot of people 
when they have podcasts, they either talk about like movies or video games or like the rest of my ch- uh, the channel for Penultimate Conquest. They they do a bunch of stuff. And when I you know pitched this idea, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to talk about like my favorite books. I feel like we could do a really good job with this. He wasn't for it at first. He was like, we'll give it a test run. And then he was like, yep, yep, it's good. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. So I, I, I'm putting my heart and soul into this. And I know Joel is as well. And like I call him every morning, like when he's getting off work and I'm going into work and we talk and we're like, all right, what are we going to discuss? Like, what's our game plan? <laughs> also, Joel's really bad at answering the phone. I should have learned this in the past <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Joel, I got to shit on you somehow, at least every five minutes. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up. I Joel, know you're full of it. So. Hi, hey. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Walter Wright to to quote Walter White, you're goddamn right. All right. So Joel, where can people find you? Uh you can find me on Twitter, uh at Sir Valor Hunter. Uh hit me up, ask me questions about Lit RPG. I will always answer and nerd out with you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, so I'm mostly on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit uh, right now, uh, but you can get the, uh, all those links at www.ryandbruin.com and then all my links kind of pop up uh, through the website there as well as my newsletter. If you're interested in joining, uh, please do. Uh, that gives you access to you know what I'm doing pretty much as soon as I'm doing it, whether it's going to be a release or what I'm doing on Patreon. All right. And as always, you can find me at Rich Dolphus on Twitter and also Stats on Stats Lit because we did start the official Stats on Stats Twitter. Also, you can find Stats on Stats on podcast apps now. So just search Stats on Stats, a Lit RPG podcast. We will pop up right there. Um, I don't think we're available on everything, but I know we're available at least on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, and Audible. Audible, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Yeah, so those are the big ones I know we are on because I did look and see. So please definitely uh, check us out. Check out some of our earlier episodes. They're a bit rough. I apologize. I was getting into the mood of hosting, but I feel like I've gotten better. And Ryan tells me I get better all the time. Not not this Ryan, our other Ryan, Jose Anime Nation. I say it too, though. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also look forward to uh, our next two episodes where uh, the episode on the 24th, let me look at the dates because I get them mixed up. Yes. So on October 24th, we have audiobook narrator Travis Baltry, and I'm very excited. So tune in to see, one, my genuine reaction to seeing Travis for the first time. And two, just we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to get to talk about a lot of the works that Travis has done. And then on the 7th, we have A.R. Holloway to discuss Etheria. And I'm very excited for that one. That one's going to be a, a really good episode because that book doesn't get enough love. I'm going to say it right now. Doesn't get enough love. But, as always, I am Rich Dolphus, your penultimate conquest lit RPG expert. And, as always, just uh, stay stay reading. Have a good time, and gnomes rule. <laughs>